Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Melina Lee Williams Haas. I deeply appreciate you listening and taking the time to hang out with me. I will be addressing issues of life, the universe, and everything that are often bogged down and mired in shame and grief, and talk about how they can be repackaged to be useful and gorgeous and fucking awesome for you. So sit back and relax, or you know what? Sit up and freak out. However, you prefer to listen. Let's go. I am 52. I will be 53 on June 20th. So check my Amazon, you know, wish list and send me shit. Or give me like Etsy gift certificates. That's also good. (laughs) And and I'm going to tell you, I have been on the struggle bus in really surprising ways about getting older. And shit that I thought would bother me doesn't and some totally unexpected shit has really hit me. So I'm going to give those of you who do not have the benefit of people who are already at this point in their lives sharing with you what the fuck is going on. This is not going to be super scientific, obviously, but I just want to have this conversation uh, with myself, I guess. It's not really a conversation. I just want to hold this court I want to deliver this monologue about it because I'm in a body that is doing some nuts of shit. And I feel that it is, I don't have to feel it. It's quite obvious that science just does not give a righteous fuck about what happens to cisgender women's bodies. Menopause is something that is hardly discussed. It's whispered in back rooms. I mean, everyone sort of knows, oh, menopause, you get hot flashes and meh, meh. But it's so much more complex than that. I had the delightful but also kind of harrowing experience of taking part in a study of menopausal women's brains to try to figure out what the hell is going on in there. And the reason I got involved in this study, because it's not how you might think, one of my dear friends who I've known since seventh grade in high school is married to a scientist and she's doing a study and he was mentioning it on Facebook And I said, well, wait, I get to take part in a study and get my brain scanned. Like I'm super proud of my brain and how well it works and what it does and what it has survived. But getting your brain scanned only happens if something is wrong, right? Like no one's just like, hey, let's just scan your brain. Let's see what's going on in there. So I volunteered for this study. And part of what they're trying to figure out is what the connection is between estrogen and brain function and all this other stuff. It is very fancy. But the reality is there is so much more happening chemically in the brains of people who are going through menopause than is even fathomable, right? Now, understand that 
menopause and the withdrawal of estrogen is not purely the purview of cisgender women. There are plenty of folks who use hormones for other reasons, either to transition or for other health benefits, who also have to deal with similar symptoms. I'm going to speak about my experience as a cisgender woman having these experiences, but I want you to understand that this is just my experience and other folks are going to have different experiences and many people of many different genders have to struggle with these symptoms and with what goes on with your body when you change your hormonal flow. Now, uh, warning, you may or may not, as someone who is going to experience a shift in your hormones, have the symptoms that I have. And so many of the symptoms that I have were not the things that you hear about, right? Like the idea of a hot flash. I'll tell you, let me just say this. Years back, I was at a wedding. A friend was getting married and a bunch of dear friends of mine were there. And I was talking to a woman. She's a few years older than me. And as we're sitting and chatting, and mind you, it's a lovely afternoon, breezy. It's completely comfortable. And as I'm standing there talking to her, I see beads of sweat popping out of her forehead. And I'm like, oh God, what's up with you, girl? Suddenly her armpits are are circled with sweat. And she takes out this obviously well-used hanky and starts dabbing herself. And I'm like, girl, what the hell are you? She's like, girl, it's the menopause. And I was like, what the, I, you, so suddenly you go from standing here to just walked out of a sauna in 10 seconds. I do not approve. No, no, no. I don't think we're going to do that. We're not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not fucking doing that. And that was the first time it really hit for me. Like this shit is real. And what can I do to avoid it? Nothing. There's nothing you can fucking do. You can mitigate it. You can try to work with it, whatever. But trying to accept that your body is going to go through this major change is, I mean, look, okay, look, it's not just, oh, the sweats, whatever. It's that your body literally shifts how it works. I can't tell you in the past two years, how many times I have cried, wept because I couldn't remember a word because I couldn't remember where I had put the phone that was in my hand three seconds before. When I get off of the phone with someone and I think I was supposed to, what was I supposed to do? And have to call the person back and go, bitch, what the fuck did you ask me to do? (laughs) Especially for someone who lives in their head so much of the time. Y'all, one of the very few things I've been able to rely on and believe about myself my entire life is that I am smart as hell. And so to have that stolen in the night by fucking hormones is outrageous. I don't want to accept it, but I have to accept it because it's goddamn happening. I did after the first year of experiencing not that sort of sudden busting out beads of sweat, but I would just be suddenly so uncomfortable in my skin. I didn't know what to do. Like I would just be laying in bed and just jump up and sort of just walk around the bedroom. Like I need to, I need to, I can't, my skin, my skin is bothering me. My entire skin is bothering me. The hell is that? No one talks about that. People talk about like, oh, yes, you can experience a thinning of the vaginal walls and some vaginal dryness, but no one tells you about the fact that like 
trying to put in a tampon suddenly feels like there's a porcupine in there boogieing, right? It's just like torture. And I'm like, gosh, I guess I got to use some lube or whatever else. And don't come at me with your like, use a cup or I hate that. I'm not going to. And also I'm not going to go fishing around in there. I'm sure that even putting a cup in would suck. It is a lot. And especially when you consider the fact that you have gone through a big chunk of life and now your chemistry is shifting away from being centered on, okay, do we need to make and support like a fetus into just living your life? And in a lot of ways, I'll tell you, I have looked forward to this as something that was a freeing liberation. Some of it was because just, I was like, can I just not bleed for a week every month? It's inconvenient. And for me as someone who is low fertility, I was like, this is futile. I know I'm like, there's, it's unlikely I'm ever going to fucking have a kid. Can you just back up off me uterus? Can you just kind of, can you just not? <laughs> How about you just don't? But it never listened. Internal organs are really abysmally shit that way. God damn them. And yet, I want to celebrate my body because it's kind of amazing the things that it does. And I don't like being in a state where I'm individuating aspects of my physiology and saying, you, you are bad, brain good, uterus bad. That's just silly. It's true, but it is also silly because fuck that uterus. God, fuck, un unfuck that uterus. <laughs> What's kind of really dope though is the solidarity and the connections that I have found with other people going through this experience. And that is really a function of social media at its best. I found several groups on Facebook that were dealing intelligently with menopause and the discussion of what folks were going through. And just so you don't feel like a lone weirdo, just so you don't feel like you are definitely developing some sort of psychological issue because your, your hormones are up in, a, in an outroar. Out in an uproar? What the fuck did I just say? Up in an outroar? I like that. <laughs> My hormones are up in an outroar because they fucking are. <laughs> I have to add, since we're talking about hormones and how they work, one of the not uncommon side effects of going into menopause is a drop in libido. Makes sense, right? The main biological function of libido is to make sex interesting. So you'll actually make more humans, right? Let's be honest about that. And as your body is saying, you know what, we're winding down production on this line. We got a few years left and then we're going to, we're going to pack it in. Why? Do you need libido? From an evolutionary standpoint, it's not necessarily that helpful, is it? We're horny fuckers, and so we want to have that. What I find super interesting, though, for me, having gone from not just someone who was always known to be a weirdo, freak, pervert, and horn dog, but I'm also a sexuality educator. And so to have my own sexuality shift. At, at like the peak of my powers and prowess 
is pitiful. I was like, this is like the cruelest blow. I'm finally in a relationship with someone who is incredibly desirous of my physique, who's constantly mauling my boobs. And I'm just like, uh, can we just canoodle? Cause I'm, <laughs> and no one will be surprised to learn that there is almost no science out there on how to help females cisgender females with low libido. There's a couple of drugs that have come out in the past 20 years or so. None of them are really great. None of them have the general efficacy that the medications that have been produced for cisgender men for erectile dysfunction. And that's grotesque, okay? Because you have cisgender male people who at any point in their lives right? Can have anything from a pill up to and including an implant in order to provide them with the sensation of sexual penetration. And there's nothing to make those artificially enhanced penises palatable to pussies. Oh, I'm on an alliteration roll, bitches. Watch out. (laughs) But think about it this way, right? I had to go and find one of maybe three doctors in the U.S. who specialize in female libido and treating it. And this doctor is so in demand that this, she is not taking your insurance. You must pay cash to even consult with her. And the medications that they're going to prescribe, oh, you're paying cash for those too because your insurance will not cover it. Ask me how much it costs to get Der Spousmeister a penis pill nothing. They're free. The insurance covers hundred percent of those. Isn't that fascinating? However, birth control pills, still $5. <laughs> America, the beautiful. Yeah. I did years ago, go to see this lovely physician and chat with her about my libido issues. And we discussed my health history and all this other shit. And she prescribed for me some topical testosterone, a very low dose, not anything close to the dosage that you would utilize if you were, for example, taking it to transition, but you know, enough so that you're building that up because it's one of the things that can help with libido in all humans. It helps with everybody apparently. So I tried this. I am Side note, I had to stop after about six or seven months because my blood pressure and cholesterol shot through the roof. My doctor, my my regular physician freaked out when he saw my numbers, was like, what's going on with you? And I was like, well, and he's like, yeah, you might want to reconsider that. I'm now on fucking cholesterol medication still because of the havoc that that was wreaked. You know what's so fascinating? You know why that happens? Estrogen protects your body from those particular diseases. And because people, uh, cisgender males carry more testosterone normally, one of the reasons that men have higher instances of heart attacks is because they don't have that protection and testosterone is running them, running them into the ground. I developed a little bit more empathy for people who have a lot of testosterone running them into the ground after a few weeks on testosterone. I can tell you I was one sunny, lovely afternoon, took the bus over to the Trader Joe's, a little ways from our house, 
did my shopping and walked out of, this was a Trader Joe's on a 70, what is it? 72nd, 72nd, between 72nd, 74, on Broadway in Manhattan. And I needed to go and take the bus back home. I mean, I could have taken the train, but the bus is so much more lovely. And as I was crossing the street, mind you, I had two bags of groceries in each hand and waiting on the curb in front of me was a person with, I'm just going to put it out there, the finest booty meats I had seen in a while, like stacked, racked and packed. This person's ass was amazing. And I have serious butt envy because I have like a weirdly shaped trapezoid butt. And let me tell you, being a black woman and not having a bodacious butt, it's a source of, it's an, it's a thing. It's an issue, y'all. Serious, for real. Anyway, so the light turns green and this fine butt starts undulating and gyrating beautifully, just perfectly in front of me. And I'm like, damn, how is, how is that ass even stick? Like the physics of this, like, is she, what is she like just working out and doing squats in her sleep. What the fucking hell? As I'm watching this butt, I realize I have not just walked past the bus stop. I've walked three blocks staring at this person's ass. And I stopped myself up short and was like, oh my God, is this what it's like to have a testosterone brain? Okay, like I'm not letting anybody off the hook here because you can still control yourself because I follow at a respectful distance, okay? And I did not harass this person. So it's not an excuse for you to just go out there and be a schmuck. What I'm saying is I was taken over by the Holy Spirit of booty and followed this person down the street. And this is not a thing I would normally do in my life, ever. I don't care how hot someone is. I'm not following them around shit. So I stopped myself and I turned around and like hustled my ass back to the bus stop, got on the bus. And if you have ridden the bus in New York, you know the drill, right? There's cards that you use to get on and off the bus. And the ethical thing to do, unless you are an absolute monster, is to have your card ready and in hand when you step onto the bus, especially when there's a line of people waiting for the bus as there was on this particular afternoon. So I'm waiting in line. I have my card in hand with my groceries. I'm ready. And there's a woman who gets on the bus, puts down one bag, puts down two bags, puts down three bags, puts down the fourth bag, slings her purse around to the front, flips open the purse, starts digging through it for her wallet, finds her wallet, starts digging through it for her card, finds the card, but it's an expired card. And I'm standing maybe three people behind her and in my head is just raging, slavering, who the fuck do you think you are? Are you new? Are you fucking new? Surely you know the drill. I'm freaking out. And like, it takes her, I swear to God, like a minute and a half to get on the fucking bus. And I am just like, I'm choked with rage and I stomp on the bus and I'm sitting in the back and I'm just like, God damn this fucking I'm just like, I just want to say something to her. I'm like, you know, maybe next time you could. And it takes about a mile on the bus before I take a deep breath and I realize you just fucking loped out. 
Now, mind you, did I look out and say anything? I did not. But did my blood pressure go through the fucking roof? And was I tossing out unnecessary amounts of aggro energy at a little old lady who just was befuddled by taking the bus? What a shit. I, I was like, I am the asshole. Today, I am the asshole. Which was another reason for me thinking maybe these hormones aren't for me. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. And as I mentioned, I did have to stop taking them for health reasons, but I think I, I might well have stopped for psychological reasons because that degree of aggression and frustration and rage and inappropriate booty f- tracking, who the fuck? No one is, you're not supposed to live like that, y'all. <laughs> I've tried also, there was a an prescription medication called a lie or a fly or something. I can't remember. Tried that one as well. And it worked pretty well, aside from the fact that it lowered my blood pressure so much that I almost passed out several times. And then I was like, this is not good either. My gosh, what the, I tried a topical ointment that was advertised to me on Facebook. You know why? Because I'm a middle-aged lady with middle-aged lady parts. And Facebook knows it. So I ordered some of this shit online and tried it out. It's like a topical salve that you put on your genitals prior to engaging with for sexual intercourse. And I'll tell you what was kind of interesting is that it kind of worked. Like I felt myself like feeling a little horny, but like, how do I explain it? Imagine if your body is going through a process and your brain is completely detached from it. Like if you're on the phone and you're talking to someone and you're having a really intense conversation, but you're also driving the car. Is that a good analogy? Maybe that's a crappy analogy. Let me just say this. It's kind of like your vagina is a zombie stumbling around looking for, well you know, whatever your particular vagina wants, right? This is what it felt like to me. And I was like, okay, great. But my brain was like, let's see, right? Did I check to see when that package is going to arrive? Meanwhile, my body's like, feed me, see more, which is very jarring, very disconcerting. Not a huge fan of that either. I might just have to accept that this is the way my body is right now. It's been a little difficult. Now, here's the other thing. It's not just me, right? It's my spouse. It is my partner. He is also impacted by this. I mean, he's going to be, what, 69 this year? He's getting up there, you know? And the fact of the matter is, as I have mentioned, the cisgender man may experience some erectile issues as they get older. That's just a fact. But again, those things are far more easily addressed with medications. What's less easily addressed is someone feeling as though perhaps they are not doing enough to keep you happy and satisfied when it's just you, when it has nothing to do with them. I desperately tried to explain to the spasmeister, I'm like, look, this libido drop has been an ongoing process since before I even met you. 
the last relationship I had prior to my relationship with the spouse meister, that individual and I actually never had sexual intercourse in the year and a half that we were together. We did do some sex play in our kink, but even that was rare. And for the first year of that relationship, I didn't miss it. Then by like a year and a couple months, I was like, I kind of think I would, yeah, I think that would be nice. So my libido, I will say definitely was not on like savage kill mode before this relationship. And I'm like trying to reassure, but it's hard. We have so much tied up with our desire and our desirability and the idea that we need to be whole sexual beings and know how to please our partner and know how to get pleasure and know how to talk about what we want. There's a lot of fucking pressure out there. When you add to that, that the process of aging just changes your body and what I have made my goal now is not just acceptance, but it's radical acceptance and saying to myself, yeah, my body's changing. Shit is different. And that's great. Learning how to take my time. I mean, my, I will tell you, my libido is still there. It's just kind of a little bit harder to find. And so the fact is before it used to be like, if you looked at me in the right way, I'd be like, Ugh. Now folks have to do a little work and sometimes a lot of work and that's fucking great. Detaching from goal-oriented sex is one of the best things that's happened to me as I've gotten older and I've been able to explore that beautifully with my partner. We don't have to sit around and feel like, oh, well, we can't do this. It's like, sure, yeah. When you were 18, you could get it up in 30 seconds and bang all night. And maybe you can't do that now, but there's so much else to do. There's hours of petting and stroking and just kissing and delightfulness. I mean, holy crap. I just, my, my spouse, my, myself, and another friend of ours just had a threesome where no one's fucking penis went into anybody's orifices. And it was amazing. Let me tell you, do I occasionally miss getting the D? Absolutely. But not that much. <laughs> because frankly, if I have a partner and a vibrator and a few hours, we good. I wish for all of us that as we get older, if you are privileged enough to fucking be alive, if you have survived into middle age, I know for me, that's really huge because, you know, I'm a fucking mess. But just statistically, it's rather remarkable that you get to continue living as your body prepares to move on. That is a gift. And looking at my body as it gets older and as it changes, not as some decrepit sack of meat that's sadly just becoming more and more problematic, but just saying there's more interesting problems to solve. How do I solve them with some aplomb and then bring joy back? Holy crap, like just celebrating the fact that I'm in this body for almost 53 years, that's a lot. That's amazing. And I love that for me. And I hope 
but you're also able to see as you get older, how your adjustments and how the shit that you've learned can be applied in new and amazing ways. I discovered once many years ago that I was able to have a full body orgasm. It's very different than just like a clitoral stimulation orgasm sitting on the back of a bus because the vibrations from the engine were pretty consistent. And if I just did a little bit of leaning and rocking back and forth, I could get that on. Now I'll tell you, 45 minutes on a bus when you're just like having a, you know, low key orgasm the whole way. Terrific. Highly recommend 10 out of 10 would re rebook. That will never change for me. That is something about my body. I can always enjoy on my own is that pleasure, that delight in touch, in sensation and reveling in it is my right as a middle-aged lady. And so I encourage all of you folks who are creeping towards I was about to say creeping towards death. Oh my God, because I'm so morbid right now. (laughs) But all of you who are still hanging on and kicking ass in life, see, that's better. I hope that you find ways to enjoy your body, whatever that takes, whatever it takes, because it is an amazing delight. And sometimes our bodies can be very difficult. Sometimes people are coping with chronic pain or other issues. And it can seem like our bodies can become our enemies, but it's where we live. It's where we are. Each of us has our own particular package of meat to slog through. I like mine. I'm pretty happy with it. And my hope for you is that you will be happy with yours and find ways to love yourself and to make love to yourself so that you can share that with other people in your life who also can bring you pleasure and joy by any means necessary. I love you. Stay gorgeous. You've been listening to All That and Mo. Thanks so much for spending your precious, precious time with me today. My podcast is produced by Cody Crabb. Theme music by Georg Friedrich Haas as performed by Marcus Weiss and I look forward to spending time with you again really soon. Mm -hmm.